You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 84. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today we have a topic and conversation that I think is not talked about enough. And if you know me, you know that I am not one to shy away from the awkward or uncomfortable conversations, especially when they involve something medical. Having a background as a nurse and a husband who's a physician, we are very comfortable with talking about Uh, all things medical. And I was so grateful that Kim was willing to come on and share so openly about menopause and about how that changes things in terms of training and how it changes things in terms of your diet and your nutrition and some of the symptoms and things that we have to look forward to as we approach that age of menopause. So if you are somebody who is in your 20s or 30s and you're like, oh my gosh, menopause is like so far away, like this podcast episode has nothing to do with me, I want you to take a pause because I was impressed by how much I learned about menopause that I didn't know from Kim. And she does a really good job of just sharing openly about what her experience has been like, how she's been able to help and coach clients through their experience with menopause. And she has some really, really good tangible takeaways if you are in menopause. But I think even if you're not, there'll be some things that you will learn. I definitely learned some stuff during this episode. And I joked with her that she made me really excited about wanting to go through menopause. But it's something that's going to happen. And it's and it's an experience that all women go through. Just like you know, having your first period is an experience that all women go through. Um, and the other end of that is menopause. And I think the more that we can talk and share about these things openly, especially as females, the more that we can be prepared and we can know what to expect and um, we can make it through. You know, we can make it through. It's something that women for ages have been able to, to make it through. And the more that we, more knowledge we have, the better equipped we are going to be able to deal with that time that is going to, it's going to happen in all of our lives. So I am so excited for you to dive into this interview that I had with Kim. I would like to welcome Kim Schlag to the podcast. Hey, Kim, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me here, Amber. I am so in the excited. Midst of this amazing <laughs> time in our history. <laughs> yeah. So we're recording this in the middle of the coronavirus. I don't know when this is going to come out, but uh, it's definitely something that is on all of our minds right now. Um, and yeah, so I'm just grateful. I was telling... Um, some of my listeners uh, on Instagram yesterday that I'm kind of trying to make the most of this by doing, you know, getting ahead in like my podcast interviewing. And yeah. so Kim was awesome enough to say, Hey, yeah, our kids are all home, but we're going yeah. to make do. <laughs> <laughs> I've told them all to stay out of my office and stop printing things. The printer is right behind me. <laughs> I was like, does not sound good on a podcast guys. Stop printing. 
<laughs> yeah, I was trying to record yesterday and my kids kept coming in and out, in and out. I'm yeah. like, guys, <laughs> you don't understand. Um, so we're, make, we're making do. But I'm really excited because I was just telling Kim that I'm bringing her on to talk about something that we really haven't broached in the podcast and is something that affects and impacts so many women, and that is menopause. And so I am so excited to bring her on as an expert because obviously this is not something – I haven't hit menopause yet. It's not something that is – um, something I've experienced or is my area of expertise. And I'm really excited for Kim to be able to share her expertise and experience with those of you who maybe are getting close to menopause or who are going through it themselves or even have been through it. It's something that is inevitable for all of us women. And it's something that, you know, I love to broach kind of the topics that people don't like to talk about a little bit. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do today. <laughs> this is uh, definitely a topic people don't like to talk about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which I think let's, let's give it a voice. Let's, you know, all yeah. the more reason for us to talk about it. So Kim, if you'll just give us a little brief history, a little bit about you, um, and kind of what you do and how you help women. Absolutely. So I am an online fitness and nutrition and strength coach. I really love working with women. Um, I work with men as well. If they want to work with me, I specifically work with women in their forties, fifties and older. Um, though many of my clients are younger, I tend to attract this older generation because that's where I'm at in life. And I talk about it a lot. I talk about my struggles with menopause. I am actually um, a mom of three teenagers and I came to fitness very, very late in life. So this is actually in my forties is when I discovered fitness and I'm super passionate about helping women of my generation and older discover it as well. I love it. And so what would you say to someone who is maybe in their forties or even fifties or even sixties who felt feels like they haven't started yet? What would you tell that woman of, of how to get started or, or how you got started and what kind of led to um, you diving into this process? Yeah. Well, the first thing I'd say is it is not too late. I don't care how old you are. It is not too late. I have started with women in their sixties who have never used weights before in their life. So number one thing is it's not too late. As far as how I got started, I spent most of my adult life trying to lose weight. It is the sad state of affairs that many of us do that. We just spend really long chunks of time losing and gaining weight. Mm -hmm. And I did, I was not overweight as a teenager. Um, or as a child, but as I hit my twenties, I was definitely one of those people who was like, I could use, I could lose five pounds. And I was always trying to lose five pounds as long as I can remember, which makes me sad now, but that's where I was. Mm -hmm. And then when I started having babies in my thirties, I gained a significant amount of weight. I gained 50 pounds with every pregnancy, never fully losing any of that. And so by my late thirties, I was obese and very unhappy and had tried so many fad diets and was extremely discouraged. And, um, I just kept going down that rabbit hole of like, you know, what is, what is Dr. Oz saying? And what's on this magazine cover? And none of it ever worked. And I was so discouraged. And then when I was 43, I think I was 43, I had lost a good amount of weight, but I was still overweight and very unhealthy and not at all fit. And we happened to be helping a family friend um, by having their young son come and live with us. And it was my job to keep this boy out of trouble. And I didn't know much about him, except I knew he liked to lift weights. And so I got him a membership at our Y and I would drive him there every day and I would just kind of do my own thing. And one day he said to me, he's like, what are you trying to do? And I was like, honestly, I'm just trying not to be fat again. And he's like, you're doing it wrong, <laughs> which is such a great thing for this you know, 19 year old boy to tell me that I was doing it all wrong. But I was humble enough to listen. And he's like, you need to start lifting weights and get off that equipment. 
And so I did, I started training with him and over the course of several months, completely fell in love with weight training. Um, for the first time I was going to the gym, not because I wanted to lose weight, but because I just loved it. It was so exciting to me every week to think like, can I pick up that heavier weight? Like, can I do it? And doing that is actually what finally completely changed my body. And in the process, learning about the fact that like, yeah, I really was just eating too much food. He called me out on that. He was like, you know what? I watch you. You eat nothing all day. And then at night you're in that pantry and you're eating pretzels and you're eating candy. And he was right. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. And it, since then, um, you know, I just made substantial changes to the way I approached my fitness and my nutrition. And it's just become a part of my lifestyle now. I love it. And I want to point out, because I think this is interesting that you said that you, you know, really started with fitness in your forties and yet you had been dieting for, you know, for years and years and years and making that oh, distinction yeah. between like what you term fitness versus what we term dieting and that those aren't the same things. So in your mind, what is the difference between like fitness and dieting? So for me, the difference with fitness is that it was not just about getting smaller. It was about pursuing something with a goal. And for me, it doesn't have to be lifting. For me, it's lifting. For other people, it's, you know, getting faster, um, you know, jumping higher, whatever it is. Having this kind of goal that's not just about what my body looked like. Mm -hmm. Yes. When you start to move away from what your body can do, and I know that we, we agree on this because we've talked about it before, but what your body can do versus what your body looks like. And yeah. what kind of shift did that make in your life when you did that? Well, first of all, it finally got me what I'd been looking for all those years, which is a body mm. that actually looked the way I wanted, which is the crazy thing. You know, it really did end up changing my body. I had lost so much weight in my life and I would always kind of get to what I thought my goal weight was. And I would look at myself and be like, I don't think that's what I was going to look like. And it was because I didn't have any muscle. I didn't have, I had never mm -hmm. put on muscle before. And so mm -hmm. it gave me what I wanted, but way more than that, getting stronger in the gym fundamentally changed who I was as a person. I did not even realize that I didn't think of myself as a strong person until I actually went through the process of, I would go in and I would do really hard stuff in the gym. And I realized it started changing who I was outside of the gym. I started standing up for myself. There were some relationships that needed addressing in my life. And I had the strength to do that, that I didn't realize I was lacking before. Yeah. Well, and, and what I really want to point out too, is that that strength was always in you, right? But it was yes. uh, not until you started exhibiting it in the gym that you like were able to tap into that strength that was already in there. Like lifting weights didn't give you strength in your personal life that wasn't already there, but it made you more confident in tapping into it. It made me realize that I could do really hard things because I yeah. watched myself. Like I physically watched myself do things I couldn't do, you know, seven days before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I can do stuff. And it absolutely gave me confidence that I just didn't know was there. Yeah. When, and I think in our day and age, we have so much in life that's not hard. You know, like we don't yeah. have to, like we can have a laundry machine. We have a dishwasher. Like a lot of us have housekeepers. Like we, we don't have a lot of things that are hard. And so I think there's such power in intentionally doing something that is challenging, like weightlifting, because it does, it shows you that you have this strength and this power and this ability to get stronger that you didn't even necessarily have to tap into in another area of your life. Absolutely. So, so Could powerful. not agree more. Yeah. So let's get a little bit into, you know, health and fitness and how it may be different for a woman in her 30s or in her 40s and her 50s and her 60s than maybe a woman in her 20s and 30s. What are some of the biggest differences you see in your clients who are in their 40s, 50s and 60s? 
One of the biggest differences that people don't even realize is that it is actually more important to be trying to build muscle at this time of life because once you hit the age of 30, you actually start losing muscle. Mm-hmm. You know, three to seven percent of your muscle mass you start losing after the age of 30 unless you are actively doing something to prevent that. Mm-hmm. So if you're not lifting weights, you're not going to prevent that muscle loss. And you really want that muscle. I mean, besides look, aesthetically, it looks better. But even besides that, if you think about aging and you think about wanting to be independent and not falling and being able to, you know, get things from high shelves and bend down and pick things up and play with your grandkids, you're going to need that muscle. And so it is so important for that aspect. It's massively important. Otherwise, I would say a lot, it's the same stuff. Like we need to do the same stuff that younger people, I don't program my older women different than I program my younger women or my men. Um, Their nutrition isn't different. We have additional hurdles specifically those of us in menopause, um, that we have to get around. In, in reality, it all works the same way once we can get around those hurdles. Yeah. So will you elaborate a little bit more on what are some of those hurdles that you see? Yeah, for sure. So for those of us in menopause, and I don't know how familiar, there will be different levels of familiarity with, with women listening to this. And I have to say, I like when younger women listen to me talk about this because they don't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect Mm -hmm. and was so, so, so surprised. And I really like to have conversations so people can know to be on the lookout. When I first started entering menopause um, in my early 40s, I had no idea that that's what was happening to me. And I'll tell you some of the symptoms I experienced. I want to preface this with the fact that so many different symptoms are out there for menopause. And Mm -hmm. I'll start meeting people and I'll hear their symptoms. And I'm like, oh, I have that one, but not that. So my menopause doesn't look exactly like the next person's menopause. Um, But one of the first things that happened to me was I started having episodes of vertigo. And they were bad enough that I went to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. And I went to multiple doctors trying to get to the bottom of what was going on with this because it would be debilitating, like days that I couldn't get up. And nobody could figure out like what exactly was causing the vertigo. And they didn't happen all the time, but they happened you know, once a year for several days. And, you know, it was, it was a big deal. I happened once when I was driving a car and I had to pull off to the side of the road and get somebody to take me to the hospital. So that was my first big, and I didn't know for years that that was menopause induced. Um, I started having allergies. I'd never had allergies in my life. That was really strange. I started having these zapping sensations in my head, like these electric zapping sensations. I thought I was having a stroke. Mm. It was terrifying. Again, these would happen little bits at a time. Obviously, of course, um, eventually I started losing my cycle and it would come in spurts. It still does. I'm, so I'm still perimenopausal. That means mm-hmm. I haven't gone an entire year without my cycle yet. Um, I can go long stretches, but until you've gone one full calendar year with zero periods, you're not menopausal, you're perimenopausal. And actually the perimenopause period is often the period where you experience the worst symptoms. Um, so as I've gone on through my 40s, um, I'm 49 now. Um, I had an increasing number of these symptoms. Um, Some people will have migraines, really severe migraines. I get those as well. Um, The most debilitating for me besides the vertigo was about a year ago. Yeah, this time last year, I was in the throes of this. I started in with one that most people are, are probably familiar with, which is hot flashes. But you might not know what that actually looks like in real life to feel. Like the first time it happened to me about a year and a half ago, it really was. I was just sitting in a car on 4th of July and I just got really hot, like weirdly hot. And I started like taking off my clothes and putting them back on as I would get hot and then cold. And my husband and I were laughing so hard. I'm like, what is wrong with me? And that was, it was no big deal. And that started happening with increasing frequency and it was disturbing and it was Mm -hmm. distracting and I could lose my train of thought. 
But last winter, it started happening at night. And those are called night sweats. And it would keep me up. And it would keep me up. And this would happen, what I'm describing. It feels like fire through my entire body. You're dead asleep. And all of a sudden, your entire body feels like it's engulfed in flames. And you rip off your clothes. And you're sweating. And then it passes. And you're cold. Right? And you have to change your clothes and dry off. And it would happen 10, 12, 13, 14 times a night. I literally didn't sleep for months. And it went on from, oh gosh, February to May. And I finally went to a doctor and I made the choice to start hormone replacement therapy. Not everybody makes that choice. And it was life-changing for me. Mm-hmm. So some of the hurdles that, if you think about a woman going through that, and that is very common, like the night sweat part, how on earth am I supposed to go in the gym and train? How am I supposed to make good nutrition choices? I'm not sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a massive hurdle. It doesn't mean that I'm going to gain weight if I still make the right choices. It just makes it harder to make the right choices. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And you're really talking about menopause. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't wait now. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Guys, none of it's fun. None yeah. of it's fun. But what I want, people need to know about it. Like, yeah. I wish that I had heard. Well, it's so funny. Like, things. I haven't heard like any of these, these things. Not that I, not that I've like, I've, I've never researched it, but even so, like, you're right. It's not something that women talk about. And so if you start to experiencing these symptoms and you have no idea what's going on, it's like, it's, it's hard to know what to expect or what's normal or what's not normal. And so I think these conversations for women in their twenties, in their thirties, in their early forties are so important to be had. So, um, I'm just so happy that you're educating us on this. And like I said, the ones that I just described to you, those are just mine. Right. The list goes on and on, like painful vaginal dryness. Like nobody Mm -hmm. wants to talk about that. That happens to a lot of women. You know, like uh, brain fog is a huge problem for me still, even with my uh, hormone replacement therapy. I have such terrible brain fog. I scare my family. They think I have dementia sometimes. I don't, but it's really bad. Like I can't remember things. Um, And that one is a very embarrassing one for a lot of people. I talk about it freely because to me, like it's just the only way I can, I can manage dealing with it Mm -hmm. is to just tell people like, I will literally be speaking to you and have no idea what I was about to say. And it will happen over and over. And Mm -hmm. I will forget. I lose things all the time. I can't, I cannot keep things straight. Um, And for a lot of women, it's, and can you imagine being a woman at work trying to deal with that? It's yeah. hard. It's really, it's a big challenge. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, one of the common things that I hear from women, um, especially as they're going through menopause or they're reaching that age, is that, you know, weight gain is something that's a big deal that a lot of people experience. And it almost becomes this thing of like, it's inevitable, right? Like, I'm going through menopause, like it's inevitable that I'm going to gain weight. And you kind of touched on this a little bit of some of the challenge that there may be with, you know, sticking to a routine or being mindful about your nutrition or making it to the gym. Um, so how can women focus on creating a plan of attack so that as they're going through menopause, something that is totally normal and totally natural, but yet can cause these, you know, make it a little bit more challenging in terms of our health and nutrition, how can they find that balance um, so that they aren't experiencing the weight gain that is so often associated with menopause? That is a great question. You know, I think the number one thing that people need to do is realize that menopause is not a sentence that you are going to be overweight. You do, mm-hmm. you do not have to gain weight in menopause. It is not inevitable. I work with women all the time who completely transform their body in the midst of perimenopause and menopause. It is 100% possible. I think when people are just like, this is how it is now, how can you get past that, right? If they're they're convinced that it's their body. So number one is knowing that you don't have to gain weight in menopause. 
Number two is realizing that there are some things that like you might notice that are different. You might notice you're holding on to more fat in your belly and you're like, what the heck is this? Where did that come from? When our estrogen starts dropping at the onset of perimenopause, one of the things that happen is that we can store more fat in our bellies. But it's important to know you can still lose that fat just like you lose any other fat. Like there's no special like mm-hmm. menopause belly fat recipe or like workout plan. If you are losing weight and eating in a calorie deficit, you will eventually lose that fat. So it's really important to notice it's you don't have to have that. But menopause belly is a real, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then the other thing, two things I would say, one, it's really important to get moving. We so often, like you were talking about, like, oh, we have people who clean our houses and, you know, we have grocery delivery. And so in all of these ways, we have stopped moving as much. And it's a huge, uh, important piece of our metabolism. If we can get what's called our NEAT, our non-exercise activity thermogenesis up, those are all of the things you do outside of structured exercise. Things like how much you walk in a day, um, literally just getting up from your couch and moving around. And so making a purposeful effort to increase your NEAT your non-exercise activity thermogenesis is huge. Best way I know how to do that is get a step tracker, figure out what you're doing now. Like if I'm not trying extra, how many steps do I get in a day? And then start increasing that over time. If you're looking to lose weight, shooting to up to like 10 to 12,000 is amazing. Don't go there if you're at 3,000. Little mm-hmm. by little, little by little, inch that dial up. And it's not a magic number. If you don't need to lose a ton of weight, you just want to generally be healthy, six to 8,000 is a great range to be in. So that's one really big thing. The that's other awesome. thing is addressing is addressing your nutrition. We just are eating more than we think we are. It is, I find it every time people will say like, I just don't eat that much, which could really be true. You might not eat that much volume of food. It doesn't mean that you're not eating too many calories. Like if I go to like get a muffin and then I eat a burger and fries, like that doesn't feel like a lot of food that's a lot of calories. Mm-hmm. And so really getting a hold on how many calories am I actually eating? It's the same as at any age. We just don't think we're eating that much. And women at my generation, we've really gotten on this like whole like clean eating kick. Mm-hmm. And so people think because they're eating healthy, they're eating to lose weight. And those mm-hmm. two things can go together, but they're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're not the same thing at all. And so that's another really big one. And then the last one I would say, and I'm a huge proponent of this, I know you are too, is get weight training. Like Mm -hmm. building muscle is going to change the shape of your body. It's going to make you look different. So really, and you know, it does boost your metabolism. It's not a huge amount. It's a very small amount, but it still helps. Um, And so strength training is a huge piece of it as well. Mm -hmm. And so if there is a woman who's listening and she's, maybe in her forties or fifties or sixties, and she hasn't ever weight trained in the past, what would you say is the number one first step to, to making that transition, maybe from the cardio machines over to some strength training? So if you have the ability to hire an in-person trainer, like literally even for a session or two to show you around the gym, help you with your form on like, Hey, this is how you do a squat. This is how you do a hip hinge. This is how you do a row this is a good push up. like get somebody to just show you those things, do it. If you're like, mm, I, I can't quite even do that. Totally fine. Use YouTube. You know, mm-hmm. you can search my name and Amber, I don't know if you have tutorials, look for those things. You want to learn how to squat and hip hinge, which is any kind of deadlift variation. You want to learn how to row. You want to learn how to do pushups, um, look to lunges. You want to learn how to do those basic moves. I've actually worked with women before who were so intimidated by the weight room 
that how I had them start was just go and get on their usual cardio equipment that they were comfortable with. And after they were done, pick one move that they had practiced at home. Like maybe we taught them how to like goblet squat Mm -hmm. and they would go and do their cardio machine. And then they would go pick up a weight and do a set of goblet squats. And we would just have them get comfortable. Like I go to the gym, I pick up weights and I goblet squat. And then little by little, we would add more things on. Maybe it would be a machine. And so you can start really slowly because I know it is very intimidating. And you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. So educate yourself. Do it a little bit at a time and accept that that is enough. Like it really is enough. If you've never done anything before and you want to just start goblet squatting, great. You want to then add in a second move. Let's try some, you know, go over and get the chest press machine and do that. It's worth it to just do that little bit at a time. And as your confidence grows and as your knowledge grows, you can add in more and more and eventually get to the point where like, hey, I'm doing this two and three times a week and I feel comfortable there. It's an amazing place to be. Yeah, it's so good. And I love how you just broke that down into something that's so simple and so actionable because I do think that women, a lot of times, if they're very feeling very comfortable in the cardio machine, they feel like the next step, if they want to do weight, you know, weight training is they have to like go do a whole dumbbell routine and they've never yeah. picked up a dumbbell b- before. And they're like, they, you know, they have this list of exercises they're supposed to complete. And they're like, I don't even really know how to do this. And so they're trying to YouTube it while they're in the gym and it, can yeah. very overwhelming. So I love the idea of just picking one exercise, watching YouTube at home, maybe practicing at home with like cans and then yeah. just doing that one exercise and starting slowly starting to build your confidence because that confidence piece is a, is a, a huge barrier for women is once you start to feel confident and you start to feel like you belong because that's another yes. thing too, is women tend to feel like, well, I don't belong over at the weights or that's, that's for the, the big boys or, you know, that's for the young oh, girls. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. And I felt every single one of those yeah. things. I thought every single one of those yeah. things. I was thinking like, I, I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. But eventually you get to the point where you're like, wait, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And you can start so small. Yeah. And I think we are really starting to get to that point where it is like everybody, everybody should be lifting weights, right? Whether you're 20 years old or 70 or 80 or 90 years old, like doing some form of resistance training is beneficial to you. And that's actually, my husband didn't get into weight training really until his like mid thirties. And his, the reason that he got into it was because as a physician, he dealt with an older population and he would see these women come in who just weren't even strong enough to like lift their legs up onto, um, you know, the table. And as he's seen this like muscle decline of these women and recognizing how much it impacts their lifestyle, right? Like Think, think of as you age, like you have to be able to get yourself off the toilet or you have to be able to climb into a bathtub um, mm-hmm. or you have to be able to get out of a chair and lack of muscle tone, lack of strength plays a huge role in the quality of your life as you age and, and as you, you know, get older, you know, into your seventies, eighties and nineties. And I think we've started to, as a society kind of realize that, that strength training isn't just for the 20 year olds. Like everybody, every woman, every man should be including some sort of strength and resistance training. Without a doubt. I could not agree with you more, Amber. And, you know, if you know anybody, if you have, you know, an older parent and you watch them decline, it can really make an impact. You know, I see this, I see these older people and I think like, I want to be able to do more than that. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be in my seventies and eighties and be able to, you know, open a door by myself or open Mm -hmm. a can by myself or like get out of the chair by myself. That's a big deal to me. Yeah, for sure. I am curious. Um, so we've talked a little bit about your strength training and I know that you've, you know, done some competitions and you're you know big into doing some powerlifting. And I'm curious what your current health and fitness goals are right now. Yeah, I do love powerlifting. I love it a lot. And, um, so I've been chasing a 300 pound deadlift for a while now. 
um, was waylaid by injury and got back into it last year. I got to 275. Um, so this year I'm really hoping is my year that I get to 300. That's, That's 300 awesome. pound deadlift. That's my big goal. Um, I would like to, I'm hoping to compete at the end of the year. And so I would love to, um, I have a 200 pound squat right now. I would love to in competition, beat my 200 pound squat. Um, and I randomly just recently started training pull-ups instead of chin-ups because mm-hmm. I was having pain, um, with the internal rotation piece of a chin-up. So when you place your palm, face your palms towards you, that's you're internally rotating your shoulder and I was having pain in my shoulder. So now that I just started training pull-ups seven weeks ago, so with my palms facing away from me, those are a little more challenging. Um, and I had to start doing them with assistance, which was humbling. And I've worked my way up to just this week. I was finally able to get my first unassisted pull-up. And so what? my goal is to, yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I'm super psyched about that because I've been doing chin-ups for years and I was really discouraged that I was having so much pain with them. So my Mm -hmm. goal is to, you know, see how many pull-ups I can get in a row now. That's awesome. Oh, that's so exciting. There's something to me about doing pull-ups. Um, having a woman be able to do pull-ups, I just think it's such a milestone. So that is awesome. Absolutely. exciting. Absolutely. Awesome. So, you know, as you're now in your late forties and you're getting, you know, When's your birthday? When are you, when are you going to hit 50? Not October. October. Okay. I October. Hit the big 5-0. All right. So I want you to put yourself back, you know, in your late, you know, thirties, maybe back, you know, about 10 years ago. Right. So what would you tell the 39 year old Kim now that you are 49 and looking back, what, what would you go back and tell her? Oh man, I've had this conversation with myself so many times. <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love this question because I think like, whoa, I would have done this all differently. Mm-hmm. My best advice is put as much muscle on your frame as mm-hmm. soon as you can, as love young it. as you can, as much muscle as you can do it. Uh, it's not going to make you look manly. It's going to make you look amazing. It's going to make you feel amazing. It's going to keep you healthy. Um, that's what I would tell myself and eat a friggin' vegetable. You know, Amber, I didn't start eating vegetables till my early forties. I hated them. And I mm-hmm. finally thought this is ridiculous. I'm a grown woman. I need to eat vegetables. <laughs> so mm. do it sooner. Kim, eat a vegetable, pick up a dumbbell. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And it's never too late. It's and never, it's too, never late too late to late. make a good it, positive change. If you are 70 and you were listening to this and you don't eat vegetables and you don't lift weights, start now. It is yeah. not too late. It's There's never time. too late. So good. All right, Kim. Well, as people are listening and they're wanting to connect with you or listen to more of your things, how can they find you? So Kim Schlag Fitness. Let me spell my last name. It's S-C-H-L-A-G. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I have a podcast, a podcast, I can't talk, podcast called Fitness Simplified. Um, That's wherever podcasts are. So that's how to locate me. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on and teaching us, Kim. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I hope that Kim didn't scare you too much in terms of what may be to come with menopause. I just thought it was so fascinating that she was willing to share her experience and some of the things that she's dealt with over the years. And after we pushed pause and stopped recording, she, she shared that, you know, for a lot of women, menopause is like a 10 year journey. And, you know, she's about six to seven years into that 10 year journey. And, you know, it's still not over with. And that to me was kind of mind blowing. You don't think about that perimenopausal period. At least I didn't thinking about it being that long. And so I'm just really grateful that Kim was willing to share Uh, and open up about a topic that so many people um, don't talk about, but it's something that impacts so many of us. And if you are going through menopause or you're experiencing some of the things that Kim was talking about, I hope that you had some really good takeaways about how you can 
continue to thrive during this time and, and to view it as, you know what? Yep. That's a circumstance. That's something that's occurring to you, but that it doesn't have to define you. And it doesn't have to um, mean that you can't set goals and it doesn't have to mean that you can't start lifting weights or that you can't get your nutrition on board, that those things are all available to you, whether or not you're going through menopause. So I hope that the takeaway from it was positive and that um, if you guys enjoyed the episode, please go to Kim and, and let her know. She's a wealth of information. Um, she definitely knows more about this topic than I do. And that's why I like to bring other experts onto the podcast because you know what? I don't know everything. And I love to be able to bring people on who are willing to share their expertise with you. If you loved this episode, will you please share it, especially with women who this may be timely for them in their age and, and right now? Um, send them to them, you know, send a text message to your friend or post it on your social media. The more that you can share the podcast, that's just something that's so helps me and being able to get the word out. And I always appreciate it when I see you guys sharing it, the podcast on social media. I hope that this was a good episode for you. I hope you enjoyed it. And um, until next time, I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hold up sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.